was AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your smackdown post show for march 18th 2022 i am your host jd from new york coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys very much for joining me on your friday nights wherever you may be it is now confirmed ladies and gentlemen It is now confirmed WWE has swayed one of the founding fathers of AEW away from Tony Khan. It is now confirmed by Mike Johnson of PW Insider that Cody Rhodes has officially signed on with World Wrestling Entertainment. He's here, ladies and gentlemen, the American Nightmare. Is about to have the most nightmarish creative team writing for him. The American dream is going to be an absolute nightmare for Cody Rhodes, man. You thought the tattoo on his neck was going to be bad. You wait. Bruce Pritchard is going to be far worse than any neck tattoo. Cody Rhodes wants to go out there and gag. I said this weeks ago, there was a possibility of it being a work. Because you never know what Cody Rhodes. There was a possibility that it could have been a work. He could have been playing hardball with WWE only to end up back with AEW. When Tony Khan announced that he purchased Ring of Honor, there was always a possibility that Tony Khan could have easily put Cody Rhodes over there as the top guy on that brand. He does have Ring of Honor years or at least some work uh, under his belt with Ring of Honor. He could have been the creative mind over there at Ring of Honor because that's exactly why they didn't come to terms on a contract. Cody wanted to be on the creative side of things a little bit more. We all know he's not going to be in WWE. We all know Cody Rhodes is not going to have any creative say in the WWE, and if he does, how long that lasts, I I don't know. So there was always a possibility of it being a complete work. I, you know, to everybody's dismay, I'm okay with Cody Rhodes going to WWE. I'm not upset. I'm not losing sleep. I'm not crying at all like the geeks and the virgins on social media think I am because I wear the AEW logo proud. I'm not one of these idiots that doesn't see the great value in Cody Rhodes. I don't don't really sit here upset that Cody Rhodes is not with AEW anymore. I've been saying it on Wednesday, and I've been saying it in every podcast I've uploaded for the last three weeks. 
Cody Rhodes is a great addition to anybody's roster, including AEW. Cody Rhodes is a beautiful compliment to anybody's roster, including AEW. Was he going to be a top guy in AEW? He could have been. But with every signing that Tony Khan had brought into the company, every new signing that was out there, Tony Khan realistically pushed Cody Rhodes down the corporate ladder one by one by one by one. Cody Rhodes, at the end of it all, believe it or not, Cody Rhodes had a ceiling in AEW with all the new influx of talent coming in. And I honestly think what changed the game for Tony Khan and AEW was the additions of Adam Cole, CM Punk, and Brian Danielson. That was pretty much it. That's what sealed the fate of Cody Rhodes. Not to say Cody Rhodes is not a top guy. He absolutely could have been. And and if they wanted to really pursue this heel run that everybody wanted him to do in AEW, he could have had dream matches out the ass, and he could have been the biggest heel, not only in the company, but he could have been the biggest heel in all pro wrestling. He didn't want to go that route. I don't know what the plan was for that, if there was even a plan. Maybe Tony Khan didn't want to do that. Maybe Cody really didn't want to go heel. I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. But Cody Rhodes is a beautiful compliment to any roster. I've said it time and time and time again. The work and the passion that Cody Rhodes puts into everything he does is fucking palpable. You feel it. You see it. And the storytelling that he embarks on when he lays out a match and we see the final production of whoever he's in the ring with, it's always a great story. I'm a big Cody Rhodes guy. So I'm okay with this move. Do you want to know why I'm okay with this move? Do you want to know why I think Cody Rhodes going to WWE is a great thing? Number one, he's obviously getting paid. He wasn't going to make that money because Tony Khan didn't want to sign him. Tony Khan could have signed him, but Tony Khan opted not to sign him. Do you want to know why? Because Tony Khan knows that he's got AEW's longevity in the back of his mind. Also, Tony Khan doesn't need Cody Rhodes. So he allowed him to walk. If Cody wanted to walk, he allowed Cody Rhodes to walk. AEW doesn't need Cody Rhodes to succeed anymore. With him there, they weren't really doing anything over the fucking top. With him there, they really weren't doing anything that they're not doing now. Cody Rhodes and AEW, they didn't need each other anymore. You see, the other thing is, WWE needs Cody Rhodes. AEW doesn't need Cody Rhodes. That may upset some fucking e-drones out there, and it may ruffle some feathers, but that's the legit truth of the matter. WWE needs Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes doesn't need WWE. Cody Rhodes could realistically went anywhere and made the same amount of fucking money as he's going to be doing in WWE. He doesn't need them. WWE needs Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is egotistical. Cody Rhodes has got a big fucking ego. So that definitely plays a factor in him going to WWE. But at the end of the day, WWE needs Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes doesn't need WWE. Why do I say that? Look at the WrestleMania card. Look at the fucking shows that we've been given on this road to WrestleMania. They 
are absolutely atrocious. SmackDown is fucking garbage every single week. Monday Night Raw is slightly better, but that's not saying much because being better than SmackDown, I could shit out a better show than what WWE produces every fucking week on Friday night. So saying that about Raw, it's not really a compliment because they fucking suck in their own right as well. And that's where Cody Rhodes is probably going to end up. He's going to end up on Monday night. He's going to end up with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. WWE television is the worst fucking wrestling show anywhere, any week, every week. If Cody Rhodes going to WWE means that me and my friends, my friends in particular that don't fucking watch anything WWE related, if it means that they pick up their remote control and watch anything WWE related, because Cody Rhodes is on TV, then it's a win for WWE. Because before Cody got there, nobody's watching shit. Now, if it's coming from me, I have to watch this shit because I have a job to do for you guys. I got to be the best at what I do. And I will not let anybody take my spot. Cody Rhodes going to WWE means for me that I at least have one enjoyable segment every week now on Monday Night Raw, whereas right now, I have none. And as far as WrestleMania goes, you look up and down this two-night WrestleMania show, I don't know if I'm watching a regular SmackDown episode on a, on a good week or I'm watching the biggest WrestleMania show that WWE could possibly put on. Which, by the way, they haven't even sold 60,000 seats on night one or night two. And I doubt they're going to have a sellout unless WWE comps thousands upon thousands of tickets for WrestleMania. How fucking sad is that? Meanwhile, AEW just had the largest non-WWE gate in the history of pro wrestling. That's not a WWE show for double or nothing. They sold 13,000 tickets to double or nothing, accumulating $1.2 million before the fucking show even announced the goddamn match. Pre-sale, they sold it out in six minutes. At the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, which is not really a great wrestling market. They did that, but I hear AEW is failing. I hear AEW is about to die, or they're on their deathbed. WrestleMania needs Cody Rhodes. WWE needs Cody Rhodes. Look up and down that WrestleMania card. Logan Paul, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, Johnny Knoxville, right? And whoever else that they want, they want to bring in there as a fucking D-list celebrity to compete at this show. The matches that they put together on the SmackDown side are fucking embarrassing. The only match that I give a shit about is Lesnar, or matches I give a shit about, is Lesnar and Reigns, because I'm curious to see what WWE does to unify the fucking titles, and the only other match that I give a shit about is Edge versus Randy, or Edge versus uh, AJ Styles, and that's it. That's it. Edge and AJ Styles, and that's pretty much the extent of it at WrestleMania. The women's title matches are a bore. The women's tag team title match is a bore. WWE hasn't even announced a fucking Intercontinental Championship match 
at WrestleMania. We don't know what the fuck's going on with that. The tag team title matches we've seen thousands of times already before we even get to Dallas. Happy Corbin versus Drew McIntyre. That's WWE's idea of a WrestleMania. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming on in to do a KO show. So if you had Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins to WrestleMania, you know what you're doing? You're making it more interesting for everybody that feels the same way that I do, that this two-night fucking shit show is a complete sham. You couldn't pay me to sit in that fucking venue for WrestleMania night one or night two. WWE needs Cody Rhodes because this company is absolutely dying creatively and they need a swift fucking jab right to the fucking face to wake them up. They need a shot of adrenaline. They need a shot of whiskey or four. They need something to wake themselves up. If Cody Rhodes is that fucking shot of whiskey or four, then I'm all aboard the Cody Rhodes train in WWE. Because that's exactly what he's going to bring. If WWE allows Cody Rhodes to be Cody Rhodes, that's the other fucking big what if. Is Cody Rhodes going to be allowed to be Cody Rhodes? Is Cody Rhodes going to allow or be allowed to tell a story? Is Cody Rhodes going to be allowed to go out there and cut a passionate promo like he usually does? Is Cody Rhodes going to have any creative say in who he works with, how he works with them? Is Cody Rhodes going to be allowed to show some color on TV when he wants to tell a great story? As far as I'm concerned, Cody Rhodes is already handcuffing himself because I don't expect any of these things to happen. They should, but I'll be shocked if any one of those things actually happens and is given to Cody Rhodes to go out there and just do because he's one of the best in the business. Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, reported today that Rhodes, according to multiple sources, has signed his deal with WWE, and this happened 10 to 14 days ago, and the plan is for him to debut during WrestleMania weekend. The early word is that he will be a part of the Raw brand. Now, as many of you are aware, WWE has been teasing Cody Rhodes on their shows. As of last Friday, he was listed internally for WrestleMania. The match listed for him is against Seth Rollins. Per the Raw storylines, Rollins currently does not have a path to Mania after losing his opportunity this past Monday in a match with Kevin Owens, where they foolishly and childishly put Stone Cold Steve Austin on the line, and whoever won that match would win the right to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Lame. This is your road to WrestleMania. The biggest wrestling company in the world pretty much put Stone Cold Steve Austin on the line in a match, a main event match on Monday Night Raw, and this is the road to their WrestleMania. Based on PW Insider's report, it looks like we won't see Rhodes on Raw Leading up to WrestleMania. Of course not. I said this last week. Put yourself in Cody Rhodes' shoes. Put yourself in Cody Rhodes' head. Where do you want to debut? Do you want to debut in Jacksonville? Do you want to debut on a nothing Raw or nothing SmackDown? Or do you want to debut, come out where Rollins cries his fucking eyes out that he doesn't have a WrestleMania match, and then all of a sudden you hear Cody Rhodes' theme music, which I hope to fucking Jesus Christ himself that WWE bought the rights for. They have Cody Rhodes come out to some generic fucking theme music written for them by Def Rebel, or worse yet, give him their give him his old theme music, Smoke and Mirrors. I don't like that. WWE needs to just let Cody Rhodes. There's nothing you need to do to change anything. 
You take Cody Rhodes from AEW, you put him on WWE television, and you let him go. You let him create. You let him wrestle. So you got to put yourself in Cody Rhodes' mind. You want to debut on Monday Night Raw? One week, two weeks before WrestleMania? Or would you rather wait to get to WrestleMania and make a surprise appearance with that big reaction? Is Cody Rhodes going to get the type of reaction he thinks he's going to get because he's the American dream? He's the American nightmare? I don't know. That remains to be seen. But I do think he will be welcomed back in WWE. The only thing is, I don't trust this fucking creative as far as I see what I see on television. I'm not giving anybody in this company the benefit of the doubt to book Cody Rhodes in anything good. I wouldn't even have Cody Rhodes wrestle every fucking week. WWE needs to do the same exact thing that AEW did. Cody wasn't out there every fucking week. Cody wasn't having nothing matches against fucking Cedric Alexander or Shelton Benjamin. Cody wasn't having nothing matches against Damian Priest. You save Cody, and this is the other fucking thing. WWE needs to limit how they use Cody Rhodes. He should not be in a ring every week. He should not be on Raw every week. You book Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. You book him going into Money in the Bank. You book him at Survivor Series and SummerSlam. And everything in between, those nothing pay-per-views that WWE has, he doesn't need to be on those. He doesn't need to be on Monday Night Raw every week. You do the same thing with Cody like you're doing with Edge. You do the same thing with Cody like you're doing with whoever else is part-time. Brock Lesnar. Or Ronda Rousey. They're not going to be there every week. Lesnar's not going to be there every week. That's exactly what you need to do with Cody Rhodes. Otherwise, you're going to wear Cody Rhodes out and you're you're not going to really make him feel special. And that's the problem with WWE. WWE uses and abuses everybody to a point where they all start to feel the same and nobody is special. Cody doesn't need to be on TV. But I don't think that's going to happen. WWE is going to put Cody on TV because they have to justify paying Cody Rhodes what they're paying him, so they're going to use him because he's making all this money. So right from the jump, we're already fucking this up. But I am happy Cody's going to WWE. It gives WrestleMania a shot in the arm because this show is looking fucking absolutely terrible from top to bottom. This may be the worst WrestleMania card I've ever seen. I don't know how anybody came up with this WrestleMania card and said, yep, this is uh, this is something that resembles WrestleMania. So if Cody is coming to WWE, WrestleMania needs him. WWE certainly needs him because they don't have anybody like Cody Rhodes besides Edge on their TV show. And Cody Rhodes could easily be slotted in that role to make things feel special where nothing feels special. Storylines, in-ring ability, promos. Nobody cuts a promo like Cody Rhodes. Nobody. Edge and Randy Orton and Roman Reigns are the only guys that go out there and have free reign to say whatever the fuck they want. Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar have free reign to say whatever the fuck they want. Cody Rhodes has to be a part of that conversation. You cannot put limitations on him with him being back. Otherwise, you've already fucked up your investment. And it's going to make me believe, if I see any limitations on Cody Rhodes, it's automatically going to make me think what I thought from day one when this rumor was a thing. 
WWE, the only reason why they want to Cody Rhodes is to say that they have one of the AEW figureheads, one of the AEW founding fathers on their fucking mantle, and they're going to use him, and they're going to abuse him, and they're going to say, ha-ha, they always come back home with no fucking plan or idea or urge to use somebody like him. Which also is going to work against WWE if that's their mentality. WWE has a rare chance at a W here. WWE has a rare chance at a big victory here. If they mishandle Cody Rhodes and they mistreat Cody Rhodes creatively, nobody that WWE wants and is actively seeking out from AEW, which you know that they are, but they're not competition. AEW is not competition, but here they are. They want MJF. They want uh, Jay Cargill, right? This is a rare W for Cody Rhodes and WWE if they use him correctly. If they use him correctly, they may open some eyes in that AEW locker room for them to come on in. Well, if Cody's going on uh, over there and Cody's on TV and everybody has this general sense that when you go to WWE, it's where you go to creatively die and have the handcuffs put on you and nobody looks good. Your specialness and your uniqueness goes out the window. If WWE allows Cody to be Cody and treats him good, then an MJF might give them a second look. A Jade Cargill might give them a second look. Or whoever else has a contract coming up there and is interested in jumping ship. Or if WWE is interested in somebody and offers them a boatload of money, this opens the door for WWE not only to take Cody, but whoever else they may want over an AEW. A Wardlow. Anybody that they may want in AEW. Now, if they treat Cody badly, which I expect them to, WWE isn't going to get jack shit from AEW. The Jake Cargills re-signed with Tony Khan. MJF, who I think is not going anywhere anyway, staying with Tony Khan. WWE needs to play this carefully. Otherwise, this may be a nightmare career move for Cody Rhodes. I genuinely hope they know what the fuck they're doing. I genuinely hope that Cody Rhodes knows what he's getting himself into. But at the end of the day, I could sit here and say, yes, Cody Rhodes is going to be a great addition to WWE. He's going to be all these great things on WWE television. At the end of the day, the trust I have in this company is fucking zero. They've done nothing They've shown us nothing, and they've said nothing in any way to where I am going to trust them, believe in them, and give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve any of that. So that's where I sit with the whole Cody Rhodes situation. He's coming in. He'll be at WrestleMania. What night? I have no idea. I don't know what WWE is going to plan for Seth Rollins going into WrestleMania, what night he's going to be on, what night he's going to come out on. I don't know. But WWE has Cody Rhodes signed, sealed, and will be delivered at WrestleMania in a one-on-one match against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 38. And as soon as we find out any information on what night, whether it's night one Saturday or night two Sunday, I will let you guys know as soon as I hear anything. Thank you guys for joining me on SmackDown. We do have some AEW news for you guys tonight. 
Tony Khan did announce a little something today about Ring of Honor. Supercard of Honor. We'll go over that as well tonight. It's taking place. It's happening. That Friday, it's going to be competing with SmackDown, the Hall of Fame, and Rampage. Tony Khan is putting on Supercard of Honor 15. So I will be talking about that a little bit later on in the show. Another contract is set to expire in AEW. We'll talk about that. He's not coming back on top of AEW not bringing back Joey Janela. So we do have some AEW news that we will get into in just a little bit. But I want to thank you guys for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be, man. It was a busy week. Not as far as wrestling news goes, but me personally, man, I'm trying to kind of spread my time everywhere a little bit. I've been doing a little bit of gaming. I've been trying to go outside. Today was beautiful in New York City, man. 71 degrees. I was hopping around Brooklyn, had some pizza for lunch, just enjoyed the beautiful weather today. And speaking of gaming, I I just purchased WWE 2K22. If I have any time this weekend, I will be creating my character, will be diving into the career mode, my rise. Mr. 9 to 5 is coming back. And I may upload episode one as early as Sunday morning for you guys. So I'm excited about that. I heard a lot of good things about the game. So I'm going to be jumping into it. And if you guys are interested in that, I'll be doing some of that. And it's going to be on the main channel. It's going to be on the main channel. And it's going to be here because this is where all of our wrestling content is centralized. So I thank you guys for all of that. Make sure you follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. That is very important to me, man. Hit that thumbs up. I got 477 likes right now on the live stream. Hit that thumbs up. There should be at least a thousand minimum on today's SmackDown post show right here on OTS. Helps out the video tremendously. So make sure you guys do that. Hit that join button as well. Become a VIP right here on OTS. You guys get access to those emotes. You guys get those badges next to your name. You guys get to sit VIP with me right back there. So make sure you guys go hit that join button and become a channel VIP today. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. There is tons of stuff. Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, Off the Script 422, and we're live today for SmackDown. So make sure you guys go check that out. Everything you need is on the home page for you if you missed any of the content this week. Bonfire, go get your t-shirts, bonfire.com, the exclusive home of OTS. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com with their new ultra premium collection, an all-in-one hygiene and skin hair bundle. This is designed to upgrade the everyday man shower routine from head to toe. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout at manscaped.com. We'll talk about my friends over at Manscaped a little bit later, but I want to thank them as always for sponsoring and supporting the podcast right here on Off The Script. Start with SmackDown at the top, man. The Bloodline walked out 
And they are the first thing that we see on the show, because why the fuck not? It's the Reigns and Brock Lesnar show. Reigns says, as soon as he gets into the ring, he's there with Heyman and the Usos. Roman Reigns was wearing this new t-shirt. It said, God Mode. And for every letter in God, there was a word that described Roman Reigns. I get what they were doing with the shirt. I get the direction that they wanted to go in with the Roman Reigns t-shirt. But WWE's graphics design team are absolutely fucking uninspired geeks, man. I, I don't know who works for them and what ideas that they think are good or not, but WWE's merchandise is so shit. The logos and the designs that they do are so shit. I guarantee you any of these freelance graphic designers on Twitter could probably have done a better job than what they did with the new Roman Reigns t-shirt. It's disgusting. Nothing like AEW and what they do with pro wrestling tees. Those people are fucking talented. Those people have some great ideas, man. The merchandise is so much better on pro wrestling tees. WWE tries to be better, but they're really not. Reigns is out there. He said it's been two weeks since he smashed Lesnar at Madison Square Garden, and he made him bleed all over New York City. It was a going rumor that Lesnar bladed. Came out today in a news article that Lesnar, in fact, did not blade and he was busted open hard way from Roman Reigns inside Madison Square Garden. He said if Lesnar shows his face tonight, he's going to make him bleed all over again and all over Charlotte, North Carolina. Heyman showed Reigns that his phone said Lesnar's plane was grounded in Saskatchewan due to inclement weather, and he will not be at SmackDown, so Roman Reigns got all giddy. He got all excited. All right, Lesnar's not going to be here. I could take the night off. Reigns looked very frustrated because Heyman was interrupting him. He interrupted him again, and fans were chanting, we want Lesnar. Reigns said, listen, I understand your guys' feelings. He says he's fulfilled his obligations, and he is there, and he wants to smash him. Reigns said Lesnar is scared of him, and he should be. He says he's in God mode which is greatness on a different level, which matched the words on his T-shirt. The very uninspired new T-shirt for Roman Reigns. So like I said, Heyman interrupted him again and tried to interject again. He showed him his phone again. Reigns was very upset at this point. Why are you interrupting? Heyman played his role great here, acting like a, a sniveling fucking coward. High tone to his voice. Heyman then showed Reigns his phone with an update. He's landed, and he's on his way. Heyman was frantic in the tone of his, bo- in, in the tone of his voice. Very panic-like was Paul Heyman. Reigns lost his composure. He handed the mic, the mic to Paul Heyman and told him to wrap this up. Wise man, take it home. Reigns and the Usos absolutely bailed. They jetted out of the ring. Heyman didn't wrap shit up. He dropped the microphone, ran out of the ring with the Universal title, and followed right behind because they all wanted to get out of the arena before Brock Lesnar got to the arena. So they cut backstage. They're all backstage. They're running through the backstage area. I believe this was a pre-taped segment. They probably taped this several hours before the show, and they just kind of spliced it up and put it into the live feed. So they cut backstage to Reigns, Heyman, and the Usos, Getting the fuck out of there, man. They hopped in their SUV, and they were about to bail from the arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
all of a sudden, Lesnar is there in the distance driving a forklift with his cowboy hat on, and he speeds this forklift into the limousine, the SUV limo that the bloodline is sitting in, and the two prongs of the forklift, the lift itself, the pointy parts of the forklift, are high and elevated. He rams it right into the SUV, breaking the driver's side backseat window and the driver side window. And then they immediately cut to a commercial break. So we go to commercial break, which I found to be fucking ridiculous, but WWE spliced this up in a in a very, I would say, real tried to be realistic in the way that they presented this on TV. So they showed the additional footage of what happened during the break with a close-up of Reigns, close-up of Heyman and the Usos in the SUV, just sitting there in shock, covering their faces, wincing over the, 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 the broken glass and the destruction of this limousine by Brock Lesnar. Lesnar's honking the horn of the forklift. He then lifted the SUV. This is all after that they got out. They got out of the SUV. They ran away. Lesnar then lifted the SUV and tipped it sideways. So this SUV was on its side. He was letting out some big primal screams was Lesnar. Bloodline, like I said, escaped. And Lesnar chased them down on foot, but yanked one of the doors off of the limousine. He then put his cowboy hat on because I I believe in this carnage. It fell off. Put his cowboy hat on. He smiled. He picked up the door and he comes out through the curtain with the car door, and he's about to get in the ring with the fucking car door. So Lesnar comes out and makes his entrance with the truck door, and he gets in the ring. He says he's covered his career since about, uh, since his debut 20 years ago. He's, he said he's going to paralyze Roman Reigns and the bloodline, and you've unleashed the bipolar beast, son. You can run, you can hide, But in two weeks at WrestleMania, I'm going to do more than pull the doors off. Roman Reigns, I'm coming for blood. So he stared into the hard camera. You best be prepared. I'll see you in two, bud. And then he left the ring. I get what WWE is trying to do. I get that they're trying to drum up excitement and do whatever they can to create any added intrigue to the Lesnar and Reigns match. But stunts like this, I mean, it does come off rather forced. It does come off rather cringe and very carny and very hokey. Like, I get what they're trying to do, but it honestly feels like to me, outside of everything we've been given so far, you can definitely tell after this that this feud between Reigns and Lesnar is about to hit the end point. There's really nothing more than WWE or that, that WWE can do to enhance what's going on here with Lesnar and Reigns. I mean, you got, you got the unification match. You got the WWE and the Universal titles on the line. Winner take all, unification, biggest match in WrestleMania history, though it's not. They want to say that to make it seem like a bigger deal, but we know it's not. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. 
One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This feud does feel like it's hit the end of the wall. We're about to cross the finish line. And WWE, it does feel like they don't know what they're doing, and it feels like their wheels are spinning, and they don't know what to do anymore on top of what we've been given with these two guys. They're they're basically just biding time and doing whatever they can to get to WrestleMania. Like, I I don't want to see any more of that. I just want the match. Give me a contract signing, and that's it. There's nothing more that needs to be said. There's nothing more that can be said. There's nothing more that these guys could do to each other. We've been seeing this shit since Survivor Series. We don't need to see this anymore. That's how it feels to me. But that, 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 it doesn't take away from the excitement that I, that I am trying to get involved with myself in this match. It doesn't take away the excitement. The only thing that would really dumb down my excitement and really make me feel disappointed is that WWE takes this unification stipulation and fucking goes ass backwards with it. If you're doing a unification match, then it needs to be a unification match. If there's a unification match, there should not be two world titles, only one world championship. That's the only thing that would ruin me as far as this match is concerned. What they do with those titles is going to be a very telling situation for how I embrace WWE programming after WrestleMania. I just have a feeling that at the end of this match with Lesnar and Reigns, that WWE has basically nowhere else to go and that we will end up seeing Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, show up at WrestleMania in some way, shape, or form and challenge Roman Reigns with a one-year build of Reigns and Rock at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles. That's what I think is going to happen. So we will see what happens next week. I'm assuming with the one week left to go to WrestleMania, We'll get a contract. I believe they already did a contract signing. They did a contract. There's really nothing else for them to do. There's nothing else for these two guys to do. Better off just giving us video packages and just holding off and just build the excitement from what we've already been given. There's nothing more that could be drummed up as far as excitement is concerned with Reigns and Leisure. It does feel hokey. It does feel at the end of the line. It does feel what they did tonight felt forced. Shinsuke Nakamura. And Rick Boogs versus Los Lotharios. This is Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. These two guys, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza, they were in a little mini feud with the New Day before Big E broke his neck and all that happened with Big E. They fared very well against the New Day. They won a match. They lost two matches. Not the end of the world. The, the end of the world for Los Lotharios and teams like Los Lotharios, they have no competition. And this is what happens when you have no competition. This is what happens when you have no other teams in the division. WWE is sitting with four teams 
in their division. Four. Most of which aren't even real fucking tag teams. Nakamura and Boogs is not a real tag team. The only real tag team in WWE right now on SmackDown, or right now, are the Viking Raiders, the Usos, and the New Day. Whenever Xavier Woods gets back. That's it. Other than that, Happy Corbett and Mad Cat Moss, not a tag team. Not a tag team. Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura, not a tag team. Five tag teams. That's what's hurting WWE. Because if you want to build up a team like Los Lotharios, they should be built up. They can't be built up because WWE had the New Day. The New Day's out. The New Day doesn't exist right now. The only member of the New Day right now that's not hurt is Kofi Kingston. The other tag team, the Usos, they're in a tag team championship match with Nakamura and Boogs at WrestleMania, which, to be quite honest with you, is not a WrestleMania match. And the other tag team, quote-unquote, and I use that term loosely, Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin, they're in a six-man tag letter tonight, as are the Viking Raiders. So WWE, by process of elimination, have given Los Lotharios a tag team match with the challengers for the tag team titles at WrestleMania when they themselves need to start winning matches because they realistically are the next team in line to be pushed on SmackDown. But this is what happens when they have no fucking division. So I don't want to hear people complain. Oh, JD complains every week. These are valid criticisms. How are you going to push a team like Los Otarios if there's no fucking tag team division and you have to put them in a match like this because there is nobody else? It's a valid criticism. If WWE actually gave a shit, we wouldn't be seeing teams like Nakamura and Rick Boogs, which is not a WrestleMania match against the Usos. It doesn't feel like one. It's not even primed for main event. But here it is on WrestleMania's card, yet I got to have people attack me because I'm negative. Why do you always got to be negative about WWE? Do you think this is worthy of WrestleMania? I know it's fucking not. It's a SmackDown match pretending to be a WrestleMania match. And the only reason why it's happening is because there's nothing else for these fucking four guys to do. So we got this tag team match. Rick Boogs defeated Jey Uso last week. Of course that happened. To get them a tag team title match at WrestleMania. Los Lotharios did their kiss cam as usual. Nakamura backed Humberto into a corner. Followed up with a big running knee. Humberto then transitioned into a headlock. Nakamura fought back. Angel Garza made the blind tag. Jumped Nakamura. Los Lotharios gained control. They isolated Nakamura until Boogs got the hot tag. He ran wild on everybody. He threw Angel down, gave Humberto a press slam. Boogs did 10 reps with Humberto in the press slam before dropping him on Angel Garza. Boogs then hit the Boogs cruise on Angel Garza for the one, two, three. And that was pretty much it. So they got a win over a team that needs a win themselves just to justify that they're getting a tag team title match at WrestleMania. Great. Great. I could think of a thousand other fucking ideas that WWE could do for the SmackDown tag team titles or the Monday Night Raw tag team titles at WrestleMania, but they've opted to use none of those ideas. Realistically, WWE, I've said this for weeks, realistically, WWE, what they really should be doing is putting RK-Bro in a match with the Usos and unify the fucking tag team titles and unify the divisions. 
It's the only outcome that is worthy of WrestleMania. Everything else, I'm sorry. It doesn't feel like WrestleMania. Megan Morantz interviewed Happy Corbin, Madcap Moss, and Jinder Mahal with Shanky. Corbin said WrestleMania weekend will be the happiest weekend of his life and nothing can bring him down when he brings that egomaniac Drew McIntyre down a notch or two. Moss then said, what do you call an episode of happy talk that puts everyone to sleep? Nappy talk, he says. Moss laughed. I didn't, I didn't find that one funny. I would have actually preferred him to say drowsy talk. Starring Ronda Drowsy. That'll put anybody to fucking sleep. Imagine Ronda Rousey with a talk show, man. Hey, guys. My name is Ronda Drowsy, and um, welcome to Drowsy Talk. We, we, we are going to interview uh, one of my inspirations here tonight, and that is Natalia. Natalia is a veteran of the roster, and Natalia took me under her wing when I first came in to WWE. I owe everything to Natalia. But then after that, I hated the fans, and I went back to Drowsy Acres, and I'm going to main event WrestleMania after I had a child, and I'm going to beat Charlotte Flair because she's a bitch. It's Ronda Drowsy. That's exactly what a Ronda Drowsy talk show would sound like, man. Hello. Put everybody to fucking sleep, man. You know those audio books that you usually put on and you're trying to get some sleep. You want to fall asleep in a very rather, very quick fashion, right? Or use a sound machine, maybe sounds of crickets. Put on Monday Night Raw. You could use that as a fucking aid to make you fall asleep, right? Ronda Rousey sounds like one of those fucking people that read those audio books to make you fall asleep like that. You have a nice little fucking career doing that the way she cuts a fucking promo. Have you fallen asleep within seconds, man? Never mind. Shit, I'd buy one. I can't sleep for shit. If Ronda Drowsy would help me fall asleep, man, I'd use her and utilize that voice every single night. Drew McIntyre, the Viking Raiders, Happy Corbin and Jinder Mahal with Shanky. This was a six-man tag team match. Madcap Moss was not in this match. He was on the outside. Story of the match was Corbin avoided McIntyre and tagged out any time he entered the ring. So they didn't want to have these two gentlemen touch each other because, oh my God, I'm so enthralled by McIntyre and Happy Corbin, man. Oh my goodness. Such a great match. Remember that six-man tag team match that CM Punk had with MJF and FTR when he teamed with Darby and Sting? On Dynamite, how fucking great that match was. That was great. MJF and CM Punk were in the same match, and they did not touch each other the entire fucking match, man. That is something we were invested in. These two guys, WWE is trying to pretend like they're doing something right. Meanwhile, they gave away half the fucking WrestleMania matches on this show. Lesnar and Reigns touching each other. Sasha Banks and Naomi wrestling their tag team opponents at WrestleMania. Then we got uh, Rick Boogs wrestling Jey Uso last week. Now all of a sudden you want to save Happy Corbin and Drew McIntyre from touching each other? This is why I shit on the company, man. When you want to do something, you should go all the way with it. You can't do something like this and then give away half the fucking card over the last three weeks. 
Eric jumped Shanky at the bell. Shanky fought back, tagged in Jinder Mahal. Any reason we got to see Jinder Mahal on TV is a reason that is something should not be. You should not get Jinder Mahal on TV. This has now actively put Jinder Mahal in in a storyline on TV, and that's not a good thing. Nobody wants to see that at all. So Shanky fought back, tagged in Mahal. Eric rocked Mahal with a spine buster. So the heels here, they took over. They grounded Ivar in their corner of the ring. Corbin was taunting McIntyre from his side of the ring. Mahal was in control with the chin lock, of course. That's the prototypical WWE, stereotypical WWE cooldown of a match, the formulaic chin lock. Ivar started to fight back. Corbin prevented the tag of anybody on his team. Corbin beat down Ivar. He broke free, tagged in McIntyre. Corbin quickly tagged out, jumped out of the ring. McIntyre went crazy, took out Mahal, hitting a Michinoku driver on Shanky. He then hit the Claymore on Shanky for the one, two, three, and that was it. McIntyre versus Corbin, folks. Which match are you going to take your bathroom break? Which match are you going to take your beverage break? Which match are you going to take your food break? Which match are you going to take your walking of the dog break? Which match are you going to take your shit break? Which match am I going to take to scoop my cat litter break at WrestleMania? Show of hands for McIntyre and Happy Corbin. There you go. It's going to be my uh, my come down match. There's a lot of them on this show, by the way. There's a lot of come down matches. There's a lot of bathroom break matches on WrestleMania, whether it's night one or night two, man. Quite a few, which is quite sad. They recap Sami Zayn and Ricochet last week because once was not enough. They redid the match last week. They had a ball last week. I wasn't able to watch SmackDown last week because I was doing the House of Glory gig in Queens. We were live on Fight TV, so I didn't get to watch SmackDown. All I heard was, oh, my God, they changed Butch. They gave Pete Dunne the name of Butch. I got my phone blowing up while I'm doing commentary. Really? When the cat is away, Bruce Pritchard will play, is what I say. So they reclaimed, or they, they, uh, they're not reclaimed, they recapped the Ricochet and Sami Zayn uh, Intercontinental Championship match from last week. Zayn claimed that he should be champion, but he's not because of Johnny Knoxville. Zayn promised to show Knoxville what it truly means to step into his world. He then challenged Johnny Knoxville to an anything goes match at WrestleMania because Johnny Knoxville is not going to be able to last five minutes with Sami Zayn. This is a WrestleMania match that we're getting, folks. Knoxville versus Zayn. Now, anything goes. They're probably prepping Johnny Knoxville to do something outlandish and crazy because that's all he knows how to do. I don't know if this guy's been properly trained. I don't know if this guy knows how to take a bump. I don't know if this guy knows how to throw a fucking right hand. I I don't know. But the fact that they're doing anything goes means that WWE wants some sort of spotlight and talking point coming out of this match, and Johnny Knoxville may legitimately do anything to try and get himself over and give WWE those social media impressions. So we'll see what happens with that. That also could be used as a bathroom break match for you. I won't judge. Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley 
and Liv Morgan. Now, why is Liv Morgan and why is Rhea Ripley on SmackDown? I don't know. I didn't hear anybody explain why they were on SmackDown. They're Monday Night Raw superstars. Did they get the whole pass this week? Does anybody know why they were on the show? Oh, that's right. The brand split doesn't exist. One of the many reasons why WWE better fucking unify those titles and with a unified title, meaning the WWE title and the universal title goes away, with a unified title comes unified rosters. Because this shit doesn't fly. It doesn't sit well with me. They're on SmackDown because it's WrestleMania season. Just like how everybody appeared on SmackDown from Monday Night Raw because it's Royal Rumble season. Doesn't work that way. As far as I know, there's a brand split. There's a dedicated roster for Raw and a dedicated roster for SmackDown. Yet we get no explanation why Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan are on the fucking show. And the fucking brand split, Bruce. It's not that difficult. And don't tell me Fox doesn't want the brand split to end because they don't want to share the roster with NBC Universal. Fuck that. Tired of the networks running the fucking show. Bruce can't run anything. Neither can Vince. So I don't want to see the networks get their fucking hands dirty and run the show and tell Bruce and Vince what they want. It's what we want. It's what's best for the show. What you got going on right now is not best for the show. Carmella and Zelina are at ringside with their tag team titles, which are virtually worthless at this point. Whoever wins those belts. I tried raising this question, man. I get nothing but hate. I tried raising this question. Why do you got to complain? Sasha Banks is going to be a champion. Whoever wins these belts, what do you think is going to happen when they win these belts? Whoever wins these titles, what's going to happen? They're going to be right in the same fucking boat as, along with Zelina and Queen, uh, and Carmella where, they're, where they are right now. It's the same fucking boat, only different drivers. Who's going to defend the titles against who? Who? Who's going to be the challenger? Sasha and Naomi, who are they going to defend the titles against? Natalia and Shayna Baszler? Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. Not even a real tag team. None of these teams are real tag teams. WWE's pretending like they have a tag team division and the amount of teams that they have in the division are zero. Zero. So we got this tag team match. Banks had the early advantage here. And she ran up to the corner into an arm drag on Liv Morgan. Morgan then rolled up Banks for a quick near fall. They then traded pinfalls back and forth. Banks and Morgan... Both went for a drop kick at the same time. So they had a brief little uh, stare down with each other. Banks teased, shaking Morgan's hand, but instead backed her into the corner. Naomi then hit a split leg leg drop and got a two count off of a cover. Ripley tagged in, rocked Naomi with a drop kick, took over the match. Ripley was in control. Banks made a blind tag. She took to Ripley with a knee right to the head, followed up with a head scissor takedown. Ripley and Morgan sent Banks and Naomi to the floor. Ripley followed up with a cannonball off the apron. And then Ripley went for a vertical suplex. Naomi broke free from the suplex. Naomi avoided Ripley, 
hit a springboard kick. Banks and Morgan tagged in at the same time. Banks hit the Meteora in the corner for a near fall. Morgan recovered, hit an Inzaguri. Ripley followed up with a Mitchell drop kick on Banks off the top rope for a near fall. Ripley went for Riptide, but Banks hit a backstabber instead. Naomi hit the split leg moonsault again on Ripley. Morgan broke up the pin attempt to save the match for her team. So Banks and Naomi gave Ripley a double suplex as Morgan gave them a double powerbomb. Natalia and Shayna Baszler ran into the ring and attacked everyone for a disqualification because neither team can fucking lose. This is what we talked about on Wednesday. Why book the match when you know the ending is going to be a stalemate? Why book this match? Why give away half of your WrestleMania match on a nothing episode of SmackDown? I don't get it. See, this is where WWE fucks up. They're forced, just like Boogs and Nakamura against the Usos, just like Boogs and Nakamura tonight against Los Lotharios, they are forced to do these matches before we get the actual matches at the pay-per-view. If there were any other teams in the fucking division not named Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley and Carmella and Zelina or Natalia and Shayna Baszler, we wouldn't have to go and have stalemate endings like this ending in a DQ. You could randomly put any two teams together. Sasha and Naomi versus somebody in NXT. WWE wants to use main roster talent at NXT. Why doesn't it work the other way? Why don't you call up two women, two jobbers for Sasha and Naomi to beat on SmackDown? Why does it got to be Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan in a a match tonight when we're going to get that match at the pay-per-view? And why do we got to get this match knowing that neither team can lose? Why book the match? Don't book it at all. Only to end it in a fucking DQ. And where's Zia Lee? I ask again, where is Zia Lee? Where's Shotzi Blackheart? Where's Aaliyah? Oh, that's right. I'm counting down the fucking days till after WrestleMania. Released, released, released. We wish you well in your future endeavors. Shotzi's as good as gone. I'll fucking bet the house on it. I'll bet every fucking dime in my bank account that Shotzi's gone. So is Aaliyah, and so is Zia Lee. All the fucking nunchucks and the fucking kendo sticks and the fucking karate kid in Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. You could do all the ha-ha, ya-ya-ya, all you want. For what? The first Chinese-born woman to make the WWE main roster, right? There you go. The first Chinese-born woman to get fired from WWE. It's exactly what's coming. Can't wait. Our catering's very good during WrestleMania season, Miss Lee. What's Titus cooking? Match ended in a DQ. Baszler and Natalia stared at the champions after they jumped everybody in the ring. Carmella and Zelina jumped in to help Natalia and Baszler. So I'm assuming that they will now be added to the tag team match because WWE doesn't have a role for Natalia and Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. You know, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan had to qualify. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley had to qualify to get into this match. They beat the tag team champions. Sasha Banks and Naomi, they come out one week. Hey, we're going after the tag team titles. Put us in the match. And WWE puts them in the match. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley have to qualify. 
The champions are there because they're the champions. I'm assuming Shayna Baszler and Natalia now don't have to qualify, right? Is WWE just going to put them in the match? Who are you going to beat? You're going to beat one of these other teams to qualify? Who else is there for them to beat? WWE is just going to throw them in the match and make it a fatal forward like I predicted three fucking weeks ago. Because that's what WWE does. How many more useless fucking talents can we put on WrestleMania's card just to say that everybody gets a spot? What a waste. A complete fucking waste is the women's division and tag team division. So we move on from that. We got a selfie video of Johnny Knoxville in a bedroom. And he said, Sammy is an awful human being who is also a great... Did you guys see how dirty Johnny Knoxville's mirror was in the background? Does nobody know a bottle of Windex when they see one? Can you imagine how these people live? Where the fuck was he? I hope to God that wasn't his own home. Said Sammy Zayn is an awful human being. (laughs) Bruce. Bruce Pritchard's an awful human being. But he's also a great competitor with Sammy Zayn. So if he wants to make it anything goes, he accepts. He then laughed maniacally. <laughs> You're toast. <laughs> we move on from Knoxville to Pat McAfee and Michael Cole. Michael Cole told McAfee that he is being summoned to Vince McMahon's office. McAfee looked nervous. He says he's kidding. But Cole says he's not kidding, and it's likely bad news for Pat McAfee. McAfee took off his headset, and Cole said he suggested that McAfee apologize for what happened with Austin Theory last week. We go from McAfee, who's now going to Vince's office, like a bad little boy is Pat McAfee, to Sonia Deville. She approached Natalia and Baszler. She smiled and said it was great because some of those women deserved what they got. So she said that they proved to be a dominant force and has now decided to add them to the WrestleMania tag team title match. Baszler and Natalia smiled and they both hugged each other. Sasha and Naomi did not have to qualify. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley did have to qualify. Shayna Baszler and Natalya did not have to qualify. I love the continuity and the consistency of WWE's writing staff, man. You guys are fucking brilliant, man. I don't know how. I don't know how it takes you this long to fucking get it right, man. Holy shit. You fucking kidding me? Natalya and Shayna Baszler just added out of nowhere. Why? Why? Why did Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley have to qualify? Why is this match even happening? Why do the belts even exist? Why? Then people tell that Eric Bischoff wants to say that WWE storytelling is better than AEW. Are you watching the fucking show? How do you say that that's better than anything AEW does? Clearly you're not watching one show. Or either show for that matter. They cut backstage to McAfee leaving Vince McMahon's office. Cole said it'll be interesting to hear what McMahon had to say to McAfee. He said maybe he has been ordered to apologize or maybe he's been fired. 
McAfee had this look on his face. He said his life changed when he was 11 years old. When I happened upon a no-name network, the USA Network, and I saw professional wrestling for the first time, my life changed immediately. I saw something that inspired me that was magical. I saw something that would shape me forever. There's no stories in AEW, JD. Get Alex C. out of the chat. Get Alex C. Jacob Donnelly or Hooligrim. Get Alex C. out of the chat. Get him out of the venue. I don't even want him here. There's no stories in AEW. Clearly, clearly you're uh, you're drinking the Eric Bischoff fucking uh, homemade sauce. Get him out of here. What a complete fucking nimrod. There's no stories in AEW. The fuck are you watching? Why don't you go ask MJF that there's no stories in AEW? Get the fuck out of here. Fucking idiot. You retard. Get him out. <laughs> there you go. No worries, Jacob. No worries, Brian. I know it's uh, it's hectic in here, Brian. Now, the venue's always crazy. But you get one of the, you get one of those, those those fucking geeks that roll in here after four weeks, and that's exactly what they want to say. You can't chat in here until four weeks is up, and that's the one thing you want to say. Shows how fucking dumb you are. Your IQ is as low as the impact ratings. <laughs> Yes, so much for Mickey James, right? So much for Mickey James helping WWE out and impact. <laughs> oh man, fucking great, man! Fucking comedians in the in the community, man. You guys are great. The fuck do I need to go to a comedy show for? A comedy show exists in the IWC on social media. Anyway, so he happened to see the USA Network and see professional wrestling for the first time in his life. My life changed completely. Immediately, I saw something that inspired me, something that was magical. I saw something that would shape me forever. He got the what treatment. Because Charlotte, North Carolina is a bunch of fucking... <laughs> you know. He said other professions got in the way. But finally, after retiring, he got a call from the greatest of all time, Michael Cole. who offered him a job on SmackDown. He says he'd been dreaming of being WWE or in the WWE and traveling to cities like Charlotte. He was then interrupted by Austin Theory's music. Theory came out, made his way to the ring. McAfee told him he was just told he has nothing. He, he doesn't have to apologize to him, or he has to apologize to him, or he will lose his dream of a WrestleMania match. So Vince told him to apologize to Austin Theory, otherwise he's losing the WrestleMania match against Theory on the show. So... Theory made it difficult, but McAfee began to apologize. He stopped twice in the middle of apologizing. McAfee said, Austin Theory, I'm sorry for beating your ass last week. Austin Theory, I'm sorry your parents raised a douchebag. I apologize that you're a punk bitch. Theory then took a selfie and smiled and said, you apologized. He then shoved McAfee. And left the ring. That's your WrestleMania match, folks. I apologize that you're a punk bitch. Austin Theory shoved McAfee. And off to the races we go. Wow. Captivating storytelling by WWE, man. They're really justifying this match happening at WrestleMania, right? 
The more they do, I should say the lack of shit that they do only runs in my mind how desperate WWE is to fill out this WrestleMania card because Pat McAfee's a bigger name than half the fucking roster. Sad. It's sad that they have to rely on somebody like Pat McAfee when there is at least 50% of that roster that doesn't have a WrestleMania shot or opportunity. We got Nakamura and Boogs, another sponsored segment for this fucking SUV that they're shilling. They hung around a campfire. Boog says he'd miss hanging out of their pickup truck adventures. Nakamura says all good things must come to an end. Boogs then asked if that's true, and Nakamura blew out the flame on a roasting marshmallow. So they're pretty, sh- they're pretty much showing you exactly what they do in catering at the end of the show with these segments, these sponsored segments with Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Blowing out fucking marshmallows that are on fire, man. I love it. This is WWE's creative at its finest. WWE recap Big E's injury last week. We saw a replay of, of him landing on his neck with new footage of Big E being stretched out. And he was raising his thumb as he was rolled out. Then they played Big E at the hospital saying he can move his arms and legs, but his neck was broken. They aired a clip from the next morning saying Big E has his C1 and C6 fractured, but they're not displaced. There's no ligament or spinal cord damage, and he won't need surgery. He says he is grateful and will be all right. And Biggie was actually tweeting again today. He shot a video of himself walking around his hometown with the neck brace on. So he's able to move. He's out and about. He's moving around. Uh, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but the fact that he's moving around and he's walking on his own is a unbelievable sign after what we saw last week with him breaking his neck. So that's a good deal. I don't know how long he's going to be out. It could be about six months. So we don't know. There's no surgery required. He's going to go through rehabilitation. And he will be back. He'll be back sometime this year, which is a great thing. He got away very lucky. He got away very lucky, man. There were people that I listened to that uh, I believe one of WWE's doctors even said that he got away lucky. You break the C1, man. That's fucking life or death right there. He could have killed himself. He could have been ended on SmackDown last week. And thankfully, he was not. And he got away. And he's a very lucky man. So I'm glad to see Big E is in good spirits, man. That guy, you know, it is very difficult. I don't know how anybody that I know, or even me included, would, would deal with something like that, man. It, it would be a terrifying situation. Big E is, he's coming off in a way that, you know, not many people would really do or come off in that way. He's, he's almost acting as if nothing really serious happened. That takes a lot of fucking just inner, inner peace and inner just fucking understanding and that, that takes a, a special type of human being. Anybody in his shoes would be fucking terrified, man. He's going to battle, just living his life, man. That's a, that's a, that's a quality human being right there. I, I know for a fact I, I probably wouldn't be that way. So good on him, man. I hope he's back soon. This, I was actually thinking about this today. If Big E is back, man, you know, and I, I, don't, want, I don't want this to come off negative. But if Big E broke his neck and he's going to be rehabilitating, he's going to get back to TV, everybody was like, oh, Big E doesn't look like a world champion, doesn't feel like a world champion. You know, and who knows what WWE thinks of Biggie or what WWE thought of Biggie before he broke his neck. He seemed like he was taken from the top spot and placed back in a fucking nothing tag team division. This could honestly be, if Biggie comes back to television, this could be a catalyst to once again push him towards the world championship. All of this could actually end up working in his favor upon return to WWE. They may look at him, 
different than what they saw of him before he broke his neck. So we'll see what happens with that, man. You know, WWE would probably do themselves right and do Big E right if they took Big E and really started building, start over with him. This is a great foundation to just start and build all over again where they fucked up the first time. They could really make it special the second time and he could be a great comeback story from the broken neck. We're going to see what WWE does. Possibility. We got Rich Holland. He was out there with Sheamus and Pete Dunne. Butch. WWE signed away Pete Dunne's failure on the main roster. They trademarked Butch for Pete Dunne. This guy is automatically doomed on the main roster just because of this name. I do not see Butch main eventing WrestleMania anytime soon. He went one-on-one with Kofi Kingston. We're still getting this new day or someone in the new day against Sheamus and one of his geeks. So Rich Holland, Sheamus... And Butch made their way out to the ring. Kofi Kingston was already in the ring. Cole said Holland apologized and was gutted by what happened to Big E. That didn't stop the fucking mental dummies on social media who blamed and castrated Rich Holland, poor Rich Holland, on social media. Oh, we should be fired. Fuck Rich Holland. This and that. Like Rich Holland went out there and purposely broke Big E's neck. One of the first people that visited him in the fucking hospital was Rich Holland. Kofi went after Rich Holland very aggressively at the start. Kofi leapt over the top rope onto Holland at ringside. Sheamus chased Kofi back into the ring. We go into a commercial break. So Holland was taking it to Kingston. Big back elbow. Sheamus pulled Kingston out of the ring behind the referee's back hit a clothesline. Holland slowed the pace down with <coughs> action lock. Because that's exactly what WWE does to slow the momentum down of a match. A, a fucking chin lock. Everybody does the same thing. So he slows the match down with the chin lock. And Kingston started to fight back. Kingston took Holland down with a clothesline of his own. Hit the boom drop. He set up for trouble in paradise. Holland caught him. Kingston broke free. Climbed to the top rope. Sheamus distracted the referee. And Butch. Pete Dunne, not Kofi Kingston off the top rope. Referee didn't see this interference, but sent Sheamus and Butch to the back. Holland rolled up Kingston for a near fall. Butch tried to jump in, but Sheamus pulled him out. Holland took advantage of the distraction, hit his northern grid for the one, two, three, and that was it. Man, oh man, that Butch name is fucking awful, man. That shit sucks. What an embarrassing fucking name. Butch tried to get back at Kofi after he was kicked out, but Sheamus held him back. How much you want to bet they add fucking Kofi Kingston versus Butch next week and Pete Dunne loses his fucking match, his debut match on SmackDown? Sucks for Kofi Kingston, man. Xavier's out. Maybe Xavier comes back at WrestleMania. We don't know. I heard he was ready to come back. Maybe we get Butch and Sheamus versus Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. But I would not add that to WrestleMania, man. It's just one of those situations that it doesn't need to be on the Mania card. Save it for the following week on SmackDown. Don't know where they're going with any of this, man. Everybody seems to be just rolling their tires over and over and over again. What is the end goal here? What does it all mean? What is Kofi's problem with Sheamus and Rich Holland and Butch? Because they broke the 4x4. They destroyed the 4x4. Oh, my goodness. 
Hey, they destroyed the 4x4, man. Let's feud now for three months every fucking week. Ridiculous. WWE's creative is fucking bankrupt. Nobody is interested in any of this. And Pete Dunne now is a product of failure on the main roster. Just due to his name alone. Awful. Charlotte. Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. <coughs> Drowsy. Sorry. This was the closing segment on SmackDown. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. Charlotte talked up about being the most dominant. <laughs> Overrated. <coughs> Sorry. I got a little bug, man. I've been uh, under the weather for a couple of days. The most dominant. <laughs> Overrated. <coughs> Sorry. i take a sip of my... Uh, Take a sip of my now lukewarm cold beverage. There you go. The most overrated woman in WWE history and said no one has caused Rousey more pain than she has. She must have inflicted Ronda Rousey with some cyber bug, man. I have no idea. Don't know what she could be talking about, man. Some malware virus in Ronda Rousey. It may actually do her some good, man. It may pepper up. Put some pep in her step, Ronda Drowsy. She said she is the mountain Ronda Rousey must climb to achieve greatness in WWE. I don't think WWE knows anything about achieving greatness in their own fucking company. She said she will never match Ronda Rousey. Oh, she will never match Charlotte Flair. Ronda Rousey will never match Charlotte Flair. Because while Rousey is popping out another baby... She'll still be doing her thing in the ring. She told Rousey to come out so she can embarrass her in her hometown. Backstage, Kayla Braxton tried to interview Ronda Rousey and suggested Charlotte is luring her into another trap. Ronda Rousey said nothing and kept walking. Ronda Rousey's music hit. She made her way to the ring. Charlotte stood in the ring, grabbed a kendo stick that she stashed at ringside just in case. Rousey's out there. Charlotte takes a big swing. And Rousey ducked the kendo stick, then kicked Charlotte, elbowed Charlotte. Charlotte threw a knee at Rousey's chest, but Rousey took Charlotte to the mat with a head scissor takedown, set up for an arm bar submission. Charlotte rolled to the floor. Ronda Rousey then chased, and Charlotte yanked her leg and knocked her down to the mat outside. Rousey got up, shoved Charlotte into the ring post, Rousey caught Charlotte's leg, twisted her into an ankle lock attempt. Charlotte escaped and choked Rousey with the kendo stick. When she let go, Ronda Rousey collapsed face down on the mats outside. Charlotte then powerbombed Rousey onto the announce table, pretty much stealing Randy Orton's gimmick. Charlotte then put her foot on Rousey's abdomen and raised her arms in the dominance that she showed over Ronda Rousey. They showed a close-up of Rousey wincing in pain as the show came to an end. Ronda Rousey didn't cut a promo tonight, which was probably the best part of it all. Remember what I said? This was before the match was even announced. It was only rumor and innuendo at that point. Remember when I said that WWE, if they go and do this match, it will be a mistake. And then when they made the match and made the match official, remember when I said that WWE, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair are going to have a very difficult time 
to get anybody to maintain interest in this feud going into WrestleMania. I myself have tapped out even before the match was even announced and confirmed. I am well beyond caring at this point. Nobody gives a shit. It doesn't feel like a main event. Nobody gives a fuck about the SmackDown women's division or its title or Charlotte Flair or Ronda Rousey. This may be one of the most lukewarm builds between two competitors at WrestleMania in all of my 38 years watching this fucking show. Seriously. This shit is absolutely fucking borderline horrendous. It is boring. There's nothing here of interest whatsoever. Ronda is not exciting. She's not intriguing. Charlotte Flair is as boring as they come. And yet I'm supposed to care about the SmackDown Women's Championship because it's in the main event of WrestleMania and includes Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. They've done nothing to get me excited in any way. And if you're excited about this, man, you have absolutely low fucking standards. What is the premise of this feud? What is the story of this feud? Oh, Ronda Rousey has a new submission move. Charlotte Flair has to keep up and add another submission move to her repertoire to compete with Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Are you fucking serious? So we're feuding over what? Ronda Rousey is a submission specialist and Charlotte Flair needs to keep up to add another move so she can balance out Ronda Rousey and be equal to Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. That's your idea of solid storytelling? That's it. That's your idea of investing in a story to get the fans invested in what you're doing? Jesus fucking Christ, you're going to make me sit here and tell you that Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair should be in the main event, and they don't even deserve it. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey was the absolute worst idea you could have possibly ever done at WrestleMania. Ever. But Charlotte politicked her way into a main event match. That's why you're getting what you're getting. She politicked her way into a WrestleMania match because they knew with Ronda coming back that they were immediately going to do Ronda and Becky. So now Charlotte's in the main event and now she has that hanging over Becky Lynch's head. Ha ha ha! I have two WrestleMania main events and you only have one, bitch. That's what we're doing. That's why we're here. It's quite sad. It's quite sad. Everybody has a fucking ego. Nobody does what's best for the division. Nobody does what's best for the show. How is this? Also, mentioning the division. How is this making anybody in the division and anybody else on Raw in the women's division? How is this enhancing the women's division? What is this doing for the women's division? What is this doing to spotlight women's wrestling in WWE? It's done nothing but enhance Charlotte Flair because she's in the main event of WrestleMania. And Ronda Rousey is fucking limping into WrestleMania as cold as fucking ice. Ronda Rousey. I won the Royal Rumble. Ronda Rousey. I live on Rousey Acres. I had a child. I'm going to walk into, sleepwalk into WrestleMania. Awful. This show is a complete shit show. A complete and utter shit show is WWE. It's WrestleMania build may be the worst ever. The worst ever that I've ever seen. Couple of news and notes. There is no Rampage post show tonight because it started 20 minutes ago and I'm not watching Rampage. 
If I watch Rampage for an hour and came live at 1230, I won't be out of here till 3 a.m. Not doing it. Nothing happened on that show that I need to go out of my way and watch. That's why you just got SmackDown. The Briscoes versus FTR has been announced for Supercard of Honor. Tony Khan announced on Twitter that the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions and the House of Glory World Tag Team Champions will defend against FTR at Supercard of Honor in Dallas. Tickets are still available. If you guys want to go attend this show, April 1st at the Dallas Metroplex, it will be on Fight TV. Now, this is happening on SmackDown or the night of SmackDown, the go-home show for WrestleMania SmackDown, and the Hall of Fame. This is happening during Rampage. Ring of Honor is going to be going up against two other wrestling shows in the WWE Hall of Fame. Seeing that SmackDown is happening on that Friday with Rampage, I am making a decision right now. I will be watching Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor that night, and I will be covering the show live after the show is over. Not watching SmackDown, and I'm not watching Rampage. I am going to be doing a full-fledged review of Supercard of Honor on Friday, April 1st. So if anybody wondering, where's SmackDown? Where's Rampage? Not doing it. Not doing it. SmackDown has become the lowest viewed review out of everybody in the entire community. SmackDown. FIFA doesn't get viewers on Friday. Nobody that goes live gets viewers on Friday. I'm still trending number one right now because I'm me and I'm fucking great. But Friday has become the worst night for live streaming because the show actively sucks. There's nothing redeeming about SmackDown. Nothing. I didn't even break 2,000 viewers, man. On Dynamite, 26, 2700. Monday Night Raw. On Monday Night Raw, we did 3,500 live viewers. SmackDown couldn't even get two. That pisses me the fuck off. And I blame WWE for that. So I will be not, I will not be covering SmackDown on April 1st. It will be Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. I will be covering Ring of Honor on Friday night. Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito. Winner take all to determine the Ring of Honor World Championship. This is going to be an interesting match. Jonathan Gresham has been backstage twice during AEW TV tapings. He's also in talks with Tony Khan about possibly joining Ring of Honor full-time or joining AEW. So this is going to be a very telling match on who takes the World Championship into the newly owned Tony Khan Ring of Honor. The Briscoes versus FTR. Briscoes right now are... A hot commodity, TNT doesn't want them. Warner Media doesn't want them because of comments that they said in the past 10 years ago that still are being dug up today. But the Briscoes and FTR, they wanted the match to happen. Tony Khan is allowing FTR to work Ring of Honor to get this match. It's almost as if Tony Khan knows what the fans want and he's going to give the fans what they want. When my children, whenever they are born into this world, I may actually tell them that Tony Khan is their grandpa. Tony Khan is such a father figure to everybody in the world of professional wrestling, man. It's great. He's like a dad to all of us. Seriously. Tony Khan is giving everybody what they want. At every chance he's got, he's giving the wrestling fans what they want. Briscoes and FTR is a great sign of that. They've been asking for it. Fans have been asking for it. Two of the best tag teams anywhere, and we're getting it. There you go. Swerve Strickland versus Alex Zane. That should be a great one. Joe Hendry's announced for the show. He's going to have a match. Ninja Mac is going to have a show as well to be announced with the rest of the card to follow. 
So that is that. So I'm going to be covering that show, man. April 1st. Fight TV. It's going to be awesome. AEW is letting Joey Janela go. AEW is also letting Marco Stunt go. Fightful Select reported today that Marco Stunt's deal is slated to expire in May. He hasn't been seen on AEW programming, nor has he been backstage at AEW shows in months. There's been also no mention of him during Jurassic Express matches and merchandising merchandising designs. Uh, merchandising designs have not been featuring Marco Stunt with Jurassic Express at all. No references have been made about him on television. Those at Fightful that uh, reported this stated that Stunt has expressed his willingness to prove himself and remain with the company. AEW doesn't need Marco Stunt. AEW is going to allow Marco Stunt's contract to run out, and they only gave him a job to get the foundation of AEW where it is today, and they used his indie status to build up AEW no longer needed there for Marco Stunt. Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my God! How am I going to live? How am I going to fucking pick up the pieces of my broken heart because Marco Stunt is not with AEW anymore? Oh, my God. How am I going to live? Oh, my God. This is worse than anything in my life. You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. Who gives a shit? Really? Marco Stunt. Goodbye. Goodbye. Same thing with Janela, man. How am I, how am I gonna fucking pick up the pieces of my broken, my broken heart? How am I gonna lay my head down to sleep at night knowing that Joey Janela, Jelly Nutella... Is not coming back to WWE, the fucking glorified stuntman that he is, cosplay pro wrestler. Go jump off a fucking rooftop through six burning tables, you fucking clown. Who cares? Joey Janela, what did he add to AEW? Yeah, yeah, everybody wants to see a tag team with Janela and Sonny Kiss. Yeah, that's gonna bring the ratings in. Fuck out of here. He's serious. Go do your fucking circus act, man. The one that I paid $30 to go see at Hammerstein Ballroom on pay-per-view. You fucking wasted my time. One of the worst shows I ever watched. There's a reason why I bashed this shit on my fucking podcast. Because it was fucking terrible. Bad boy. Go be bad somewhere else. We don't need you on TNT. That's all the AEW news I got. Stunt gone, Janela gone, Tony Khan. Fatherly figure he is to us wrestling fans, giving us Supercard of Honor. It's going to be the first show he's doing as CEO of Ring of Honor. Should be good. Thank you guys for joining me on your Friday nights, man. Thank you guys for joining me on your Friday nights, man. We're going to get the hell out of here early, but we got some Super Chats to go through. Listen, why do I only see 768 likes on the live stream? Why? We need a thousand minimum. If you agreed with anything I said tonight, hit the thumbs up. If you think I'm a fucking asshole, hit the thumbs up. Seriously, it's not that hard. If I made you laugh, hit the thumbs up. It's a great show. Get those super chats in. Continue to hit that join button down below. Become a VIP. Right here on OTS. Sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 to save 20% off and get your free shipping, man. 
Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist hygiene, are now turning to the shower game and turning men's shower dreams into their favorite routine with the new ultra-premium collection. This all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle is designed to upgrade the everyday man shower routine from head to toe. Manscaped.com, code script 20. All you got to do is go into the shower. I know you're a wrestling fan, and some wrestling fans don't shower, man. Seriously. You guys stink to the fucking high heavens. Lather on that cologne-infused ultra-premium body wash with some aloe vera and some sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean and moisturized all day. That's step one. Step two, it's hair time. Apply the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner that cleans and nourishes in one step. The non-greasy formula has a base of coconut water, green tea, aloe, turmeric, and sage. Apply this to your armpits and anywhere else that may be smelly. One shot out of the shower, protect yourself from the body odor by applying the Manscaped Aluminum-Free Deodorant. This deodorant dries clear and is also cologne-infused. You guys have any tattoos or dry skin? Then put that hydrating body moisturizer spray on and you guys will take care of that dry skin in no time. And also, you got the Manscaped Lip Balm. It's a free gift when you get the Ultra Premium Collection. So apply that lip balm and keep those lips nice and moisturized. Then you got the Lawnmower 4.0. It's their, their number one, their crown jewel to clean off any unwanted body hair. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof. So you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine, guys. You guys can get all this at manscaped.com. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout. It's time to get wet and clean with your new Manscaped shower routine, man. I want to thank them for always supporting off the script. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Let's start at the top here. We got Haywood with a $2 Super Chat. How long before Cody jobs out to Roman? I say six months. Sounds about right. Sounds about right, man. I could see a uh, Cody versus Roman match at SummerSlam, but Cody ain't winning the world title, man. Roman is not losing that world title all year. He's taking that world championship into WrestleMania next year against The Rock. Tony Brown with a 999 Super Chat. You already know JD. Oh, I know. I know about the booty meat, Tony Brown. I know. There was uh, some of it on tonight's show, man. Mainly from Sasha and Naomi. I know you, bro. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. SmackDown was okay. Favorite rock and roll band. Joseph Alterbridge. And SmackDown was not okay. SmackDown was utter garbage. Kiana Colwell with a 1999 Super Chat. I love you, JD, from NY206. Your content helps me through my depression. P.S. You're very handsome. Kiana, thank you for the compliment. Greatly. I think it's the uh, salt and pepper in the the goatee, I think. But thank you. Thank you for your $20, and it was nice meeting you at the House of Glory show. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Cody will show up on Raw. Yes, Joseph, thank you for telling me what we already have known for months. Uh, Jacob Donnelly. What's up, man? $5 Super Chat. Once Cody comes in, he should be put on SmackDown. Lord knows this show needs roster depth. You know, the funny thing is, Jacob, you know, SmackDown needs roster depth, but they're getting ready to fire several off that roster alone. Which really just points to the brand split making even more sense and it coming to an end. Jeremy Harris with a $20 Super Chat. 
Thank you, bro. That's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money to be donating to the to the podcast. What's up, JD? Honestly, man, the only matches I want to see at WrestleMania is Edge versus AJ Styles and Roman versus Brock. The rest of the matches are bathroom breaks and refills on cold beverages. I agree with you, man. You had Cody and Seth Rollins. You got three matches out of 18 that may be happening over the entire course of the weekend. Man, I've been calling Shotzi's firing for weeks now. It's added to the list of things I've been right about. Fahim Hater. See, Jesse's even texting me. How did Baszler and Natty end up as a tag team and why? I don't know, bro. You want me to call Bruce Pritchard up? Maybe we should ask Bruce. Why? It's that time of year, bro. Get everybody on the Mania card because we can't leave anybody in the locker room. Everybody's got to get their WrestleMania moment. Fahim with a Australia might. $5 Super Chat. I wish they bring back Great Khali to put over Omas. All right, get Fahim out of here. Uh, get Fahim out of here, bro. We don't need this type of fucking rubbish, rubbish in the chat. We, we, don't, we, we don't need this shit in the venue. Get him out. This guy wants, this guy wants the great Khali back on WWE television. Get him the fuck out of here, man. Don't even put him back behind the dumpster with Bob. We don't need him. Kick him out. Uh, Micah with a 499 Super Chat. Cody trying to get that bag before he retires. Can't blame him. I look forward to seeing him at Mania. Hope he keeps the entrance music and his book correctly. Micah, you are one hopeful motherfucker, man. Seriously, you are one hopeful guy, man. Let me see my crystal ball, man. I give Cody Rhodes one year. And you start to see this, man. Downward decline for Cody Rhodes. Theo with a 1999 Super Chat. JD, hope your weekend is going well. Please, can you do your best Beth Phoenix impression? That is what I thought of during this terrible show tonight. In the noisy confusion of life. My best Beth Phoenix impression. You mean the Royal Rumble one? <laughs> Fucking Tasmanian devil, Beth Phoenix. Fucking ridiculous. Dr. Strangelove with a final super chat. Thoughts on Shawn Michaels vs. Mankind, In Your House Mind Games, and Canadian Stampede 1997. It's one of my favorite matches of all time. The one at Mind Games. One of the best WWF championship matches the company's ever had. Jaws or Jurassic Park? Jaws. Godfather or Godfather 2? Godfather 2. I hope, that, I hope that answered your questions there, Dr. Strangelove. Theo with another 1999 Super Chat. JD, sorry, haven't been in the chat for a while. Been crazy busy with work lately. Hope everything is going great with you. Drink one for me. Got a question. Would you do a Finn Balor versus Cody match? Your thoughts? Absolutely. Would it mean anything? Probably not. They'll probably give it away six times on Raw before, uh, before any, any match at pay-per-view happens. Oh, is that day one? I'm sorry. Day one, Royal. Who gives a shit? Day one. Happened in January. Close enough. 
Johnny 718 Bravo, $5 super chat. No lie, I'm mad about Cody going back there. I need a beer. Bro, don't be mad. If Cody gets buried, bro, he's to blame, and nobody is to blame but Cody. Uh, John A. with a 499 super chat. Do you think WWE made the right choice to continue the over-the-edge pay-per-view after Owen's death? Or should they have canceled it? Yeah, it's very difficult to, to end the show after that, man. They, ha- they, have, they have a show, uh, the rest of the show to put on. The show should have, the, the pay-per-view, it, it went away. They never did another over-the-edge pay-per-view after after the last one. So that's that's good for them. Eric Newton with a $10 super chat. I wish Cody nothing but the best. I agree that WWE needs him. But what good is he actually going to be to WWE when Vincent Bruce are just going to tie his hands creatively? Well, that's the problem, bro. That's the problem. We don't know what Bruce and Vince are going to do. That's what everybody's afraid of. Jason Allen with a five dollars super chat. I wonder what Vince promised Cody to come back. I don't trust it, but if it makes Raw better, I'm all for it. Keep up the great work, JD. If it makes any part of WWE content create uh, and they're creative, interesting, I'm all for it, man. Eric Newton with a five dollars super chat. Following up my ten dollars post, I hope I'm wrong, but given WWE's history of behavior, they won't listen to him or throw his ideas out. You have every right to feel that way, Eric. Nobody should trust WWE to do anything right. As far as I'm concerned, he's being brought in to just feed Roman Reigns. He's going to need challenges. Matt Carney with a UK $5 Super Chat. Is WWE a healthy organism or is it being kept alive with drugs and medicine? High doses of nostalgia and several shots of celebrity to the veins. It's a great way to put it, man. WWE is not healthy. WWE is only being kept alive by their TV contracts and their carny ways, man. Drugs and medicine, for sure. High doses of nostalgia, for sure. Several shots of uh, celebrity, yes. Ryan Fairburn with a New Zealand $5 Super Chat. Call me Sami Zayn with the conspiracy theory, but Triple H fired, Cody Rhodes hired. Coincidence? Let's be real. Triple H hasn't been fired yet. He hasn't been fired yet, bro. Has he been removed from power? Has NXT been buried and, and terminated? Yes. NXT's dead. Steven Escalante with a 499 Super Jet. Paul and his team were actually in charge. I would trust them with Cody for sure, but Vince and Bruce are going to mess everything up about Cody. I don't blame you for feeling that way, Steven. That's everybody's feeling right now. Perfect Cell 71 with a Canadian 279 Super Chat. 9 to 5 is coming back. That just made my day. Yes, he is, man. Eric Newton with a $5 Super Chat. Favorite Razor Ramon match was him and Shawn Michaels for the IC title WrestleMania. He had a huge impact on me as a fan, so rest in peace, Scott Hall. His influence will live on forever, Eric. KDS0752 becomes a new member in the venue. KDS, what are you drinking? First round is on me. Theo with another 1999 Super Chat. JD, do your best impressions of wrestlers you hate. 
Well, I gave you a couple here tonight, man. Omar! I won't do Braun Strowman anymore, man, because uh, he is now just... <laughs> he's, a, he's a complete fucking mental case. There he is. Whee! I don't know. Listen, man, I don't know if he's going to be running around the ring, uh, the ring during his uh, CYN shows. So we'll see what happens. MGM bowling with a nine, uh, 499 Super Chat. I saw someone's Twitter bio actually say they enjoy pissing off AEW stands like JD. It's pathetic. Bro, I'm glad I could make somebody's fucking profile and make their day, man. As, as long as I'm a talking point in somebody's day, multiple times a day, I'm doing the right thing, man. The fact that I take up that much space in so many people's heads, man, it makes me sleep easier at night. KDS with a 199 Super Chat. Been watching you since 2015. Keep it up, JD. Thank you so much, brother. Jacob Donnelly, where in the world is Zaya Lee with a $5 Super Chat? She is probably in catering, mastering her Mortal Kombat skills, man. Or maybe Street Fighter. Maybe she likes Chun-Li. I don't know. Don't know what's going on with Zaya Lee, man. Zaya Lee's about to be on the same list as Shotzi Blackheart. Fired. Steven Escalante. 199 Super Chat. Eric Bischoff is a clown for his comments on AEW. Eric Bischoff is a clown in general. Brandon James Shea with a $2 Super Chat. Braves are going to sign Carlos Correa. They just signed Kenley Jansen today to close. Braves are really making some great signings, man. I, I Listen, man, they're going to make me not even miss Freddie Freeman. I appreciate Freddie Freeman to no end, but, but Braves got a championship fucking team again this year. They may actually have a better team this year than they did last year, and they won the World Series. Our future media with a $5 Super Chat. Great show as always. Going to celebrate my 40th birthday tomorrow, so I'm glad it SmackDown didn't land on my uh, birthday. LOL. Yes, I'm glad uh, SmackDown didn't land on your birthday either, bro. Happy 40th birthday, man. The big 4-0. King Mo Jackson with a 199 Super Chat. Great to be back on the live shows again. Two thumbs up, bro. Thank you, King Mo. We got Issa with a 499 Super Chat. The NYC Demon Diva Roman on God Mode got me wanting to get on my knees and dot, dot, dot. Pray. Uh, Jesse, I know you want East on the payroll after that comment, right? I mean, she brings big business into the venue, bro. You gotta shut your mouth, man. Listen, I, I can't listen to you. You're just fucking complaining, man. You, you do more complaining than I do. This fucking guy. Make me a fucking drink and shut your fucking mouth, clown, okay? This fucking guy. Thank you, Issa. <coughs> My beverage ass. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Chat. Which heel Orton was better? 2006 or 2009? We're going to go 2009. King Mo with a 199 Super Chat. Omos sucks. I wouldn't mind if they fired him. 
Omos has zero value to WWE, man. Zero. Nobody wants to see Omos in any way, shape, or form. Hollywood guy with a two-dollar super chat. How long until Cody turns into Stardust? I give it to WrestleMania 39. My boy Kotz, Manic Destroy with a six-month re-up. He's a VIP, bro. He's a VIP. If she doesn't touch it on day one, she's done. Pretty much the motto. She doesn't touch it on day one, she's a goner. In the words of Kotz, Manic Destroyer in the chat. You know, sometimes this is content you got to pay for. He's giving you free life advice right there for nothing. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Cody versus John Cena at SummerSlam would be fire. I agree. Those are the matches that Cody Rhodes should be coming in to do. And Theo with a 1999 super chat. Would you have... Would you have seen an Eddie Guerrero versus Kenny Omega match? Would I have wanted to see an Eddie Guerrero versus Kenny Omega match? Of course I would. Of course I would. Kenny Omega versus anybody, bro. Kenny Omega versus anybody, really, in the ring. I mean, it's just the way it is. Kenny Omega, actually, there there was some news on Kenny Omega. He is going to be out for a little bit. He just got knee surgery. He's about to get a, a surgery on his hernia. He's going to be out for a little bit, but uh, he will be back, hopefully, by the end of the year, man. If we don't see Kenny Omega on AEW television, man, it's not even that big of a deal because look at what Tony Khan has built over on AEW television, man, to a point where you could be without Kenny Omega. All right, Jesse, I'm locking up, bro. All right? I'm leaving. I need the floor swept. I need uh, everything. All right, I'm getting out of here. All right. Listen, man, stock the peanut butter whiskey, man. We got a big week next week, okay? We got two weeks to WrestleMania. All right, yeah, shut up. Getting out of here. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy, man. What am I gonna do with this guy? This fucking geek. Yo, Shakoi. We're gonna find Super Chat. It's sad that there are people on the internet that will harass people in or on their wrestling. OTS Army, don't be like these clowns and respect each other. Yes, man. There's a lot of hate in the wrestling community, man, for absolutely no reason. People get their balls twisted over pro wrestling. It's amazing. Anyway, guys, thank you for all the support on tonight's stream, man. I will be maybe, maybe an extra tomorrow. Maybe. It's going to rain in New York City, man. There's going to be nothing to do until about 5 o'clock. Maybe an extra Maybe some WW2K content on Sunday if I get to create Mr. 9 to 5. Go follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit that thumbs up. I know we'll be at 1,000 before long, but make sure you guys hit the thumbs up if you guys have not done so yet. Continue to hit the join button. Become channel members. Thank you for all the super chats. Go check out Manscaped. Seriously, the only reason why Manscaped stays on is because you guys support. Go check out Manscaped, man. Use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Manscaped.com.
And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Ton of content for you guys right there. Guys, I'm getting out of here, but before I do, I need two things from everybody that is still in the chat. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis if you got them. And number two, I need that music on max. I'm getting out of here, guys. Thank you for a great week. I'll be back with some more content this weekend at some point. And until then, have a good night, guys. Enjoy your Friday, and I'll see you later on Off The Script.